0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in lovely Greenville, South Carolina. Beautiful time of year down here. I'm trying to get outside as much as possible. If you're listening from outside of South Carolina, I feel bad for you. We have perfect weather right now. We have really nice springs around here, Uh, a, a very underrated aspect Uh, of south carolina we get a very nice spring it's been in the high 60s low 70s my ideal temperature i'm loving it trying to get outside as much as possible but right now i am indoors for you guys recording a podcast for you guys it also helps me a little bit but i want you guys to show your appreciation if you can by hitting that subscribe button by hitting that rate and review button if you haven't already done that Um, I would really appreciate it. That gets this podcast out to more and more people. And as always, a reminder as well, um, I am Stan McCune, realtor here in Greenville, South Carolina, and all of my contact information is in the show notes if you need to reach me for any reason, but especially if you have real estate needs, I'm your guy. Let me know. Today, we're going to be talking about a development that uh, I recently became aware of, which is a push- by both the South Carolina Realtors Association, which we uh, call SCAR or SCR, because SCAR is not a very nice name. It reminds me of The Lion King. Um, the uh, the SCR and uh, they kind of teamed up with the South Carolina Chamber Foundation and the Lincoln Institute of Land Policy. They all put their heads together to take a look at and to research the way property taxes work in the state of South Carolina. And you know what? I've been hearing over and over again from people outside of the state of South Carolina that it's a great state to invest in, but the biggest downside of investing in South Carolina is that our property taxes are disproportionately high for the cost of real estate. Now, that's good in some ways. That means our real estate costs are low, but it's bad from the standpoint that our property taxes are higher uh, than you would expect them to be given the cost of real estate down here. And there is a reason for that. And the reason for that is we have so we have three levels of property taxes, the way I think about this, on the residential side. And on the commercial side, it gets a little bit more complex. Um, I'm not a commercial broker, I do dabble a little bit in the in the small commercial space, uh, but I'm not an expert there, so I'm not going to speak too much to that, but I can speak to the residential side because obviously that's the side that I work in. On the residential side of things, there is the standard owner occupancy uh, tax rate that we have, and we call that the 4% rate, okay, so the 4% rate. Um, you don't there, there's no way for you to just calculate that off the top of your head when when you hear four percent that's basically meaningless because we have all sorts of other things that go into the property taxes that uh that impact how much you pay that it's not just like okay take four percent of this number and then you can figure out what your property taxes are going to be uh-uh no it's a whole lot more confusing than that and, and i'm just going to leave it at that this is just an overview here for uh people that are 65 years of age or older, on top of getting uh, their property tax at the 4% rate, which is the lower rate, they also have a homestead exemption. Now, this is weird because my understanding is in other states, they refer to the homestead exemption as people who are owner-occupants. In South Carolina, owner-occupants get the 4% rate and then retirees, I think is the spirit of, of why they start this at the age of 65, retirees get now the homestead exemption, which then reduces their tax bill even more. So now they uh, they have a very minimal tax liability compared to everyone else. Those are the people that are paying the least amount of property taxes of anyone. And then you've got those that are uh, owning commercial real estate, and those that are owning rental properties as landlords, second houses, second homes, for those properties, for the second homes, it goes up to 6%, which my understanding is that's also the standard commercial rate. So landlords are getting taxed like commercial retail businesses are, commercial spaces. Um, and so these rental properties, so you, you think, okay, 4% to 6%, okay. So that's a roughly 50% increase, right? If my property taxes would normally be $2,000 as an owner-occupant, as a landlord on that same property, it would be about $3,000, right? That would be a 50% increase. No. No, that's not how it works. If your owner-occupancy property tax uh, rate, price that you're paying every year, is $2,000, on average that's going to go up from the 4% to the 6% rate, actually from between two and a half times to three and a half times. You're talking about now your property tax bill going from $2,000 a year to about $6,000 a year, roughly speaking, and, and it varies from one location to the next. And the reason is, and and what this report really focused on really heavily, this report that was produced by the South Carolina Realtors Association, the the South Carolina Chamber Foundation, which is focused on economic growth in the area, and the Lincoln Institute of Land Policy. Um, Their report really looked at this and and found that South Carolina is really, really unique. Because what's happening here is they use the property taxes in a very heavy way to fund our schools, our public schools in the area. So, So what they're Doing though, is they are making the owner occupants that are paying the 4% rate. So they're already paying a lower rate. Again, we're not going to get into how to, that relates to the total price bill. But in addition to getting a lower rate, they're also getting discounted that they don't have to pay the fee for, towards public schools. They're getting like an education uh, discount, so to speak, on their property taxes. And then it's the landlords that have to foot that bill. That is the bill that gets passed on to the landlords. In addition to them already having to pay a higher rate, they also have to fund the public schools, which is uh, a major part of what the property taxes are going to. Over half of your property taxes, uh, by and large, are, my understanding, is uh, going to fund public education. Well, this inherently doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Because it's not the landlords that are benefiting from the public schools, is it? I guess in some ways they could. You know, there are some uh, some uh, investors that their strategy is to buy and hold properties that are in great public school districts. Um, I live in Riverside School District, one of the most desirable school districts for just you know middle class families, if not the most desirable for middle class families in the upstate. Um, and so some some investors do benefit from it kind of indirectly from the public schools. It makes their rental properties more desirable for certain people looking that where their school districts are important. It makes perhaps their rental properties appreciate a little bit more in value because of those schools. But at the end of the day, it's the owner-occupants are the ones that are actually benefiting from the schools. The owner-occupants are actually the ones that are sending their kids to these public schools. And so there is an inherent uh, inequity there. This doesn't make sense. Why are the landlords fitting the bill for the owner-occupants? Additionally, this report... Oh, and and, and I mentioned that South Carolina was an outlier. South Carolina is the only country... Sorry, the only state... It feels like a country sometimes. um, It's the only state in South Carolina that does it this way, that makes landlords pay for the schools rather than the owner-occupant. So it's a major, major outlier. And the result of that, we've talked about this in the past, is that that bill, that's not just a bill that's absorbed by the landlords, right? That's a bill that gets passed on to renters. That's a reason, a primary reason why rent down here is so high. It's preposterously high compared to buying a home. We talked about this in the past. It makes very little sense to rent. If you have the money to buy, you need to buy because you're getting that property tax bill passed on to you. It's three times what it would be if you were just an owner-occupant, plus there's got to be something left over for the landlord at the end of the day. The landlord is not you know, owning rental properties as a charity, so you're paying extra. If you're renting, you're paying extra property taxes, you're paying a landlord the landlord might not also be efficient in terms of how he or she uh, manages different different things and and the way their expenses work and all of that. Who knows? The point is, you're paying a lot of money if you're renting, and that is directly related to the property taxes. And this needs to be... This is something I have harped on this over and over on this podcast, so I'm not going to get into it again, but it needs to be reformed and thankfully we finally have some people bringing this to the limelight. And my understanding is this report has already been looked at uh, by our governor, by McMaster. And um, and he is very favorable to some of the ideas in the report, which we'll get to here in a second. Um, it's just, it's, it's going to be tricky, okay? There's not a simple solution to this. Again, we'll get to that in a second. Um, the other things that this report found is that um, we more than we we excessively tax manufacturing businesses. For some reason, the manufacturing assessment rate is 10.5% versus the commercial property rate of 6%, which is absurd. Why is the manufacturing rate so much higher? Manufacturers, by and large, don't make a whole lot of money. and Manufacturing has always been a major part of the upstate's economy. It is the really the driving force of Spartanburg Spartanburg is a major manufacturing hub in the US and and Greenville has plenty of manufacturers as well they're having to pay more for their commercial property uh than they should they for some reason they're getting an extra tax bill just because they're manufacturers that doesn't make sense and um and then of course we've got the issue of commercial property as well um, is at six percent is that a higher rate than uh, than residential property in this report they concluded that that's fine it's fine to keep commercial property at the higher rate that you know businesses need to be able to to foot the bill a little bit more that was what that was a fight that this um that this uh report, was not going to even get into. They didn't even get into that. This is primarily uh, about residential real estate and about getting that manufacturing rate down. So the, the What the report recommended was several things. It recommended we got to lower that manufacturing rate to match the commercial rate of 6%. Everyone needs to be paying, if it's commercial real estate, if it's not residential property, they just need to be paying 6%. Rather than having, okay, this person pays this, this person pays this, this person pays this, have it be fair, have it be equitable. Make them all at the six percent rate. Otherwise, all that manufacturing at some point is just gonna get outsourced. We're gonna lose business. We're gonna we're gonna have people and companies that want to move down here and want to move their business down here or want to keep their business open down here, they're not going to be able to afford it because they're paying nearly double the property taxes of uh, other commercial properties. Another recommendation of this report was to reduce, and this is is the one that I'm most excited about because this would impact me the most personally, is to reduce residential non-owner occupied homes from 6%, the commercial rate, To match owner-occupied residences at four percent, so it's recommending, hey, landlords shouldn't be fitting, uh, shouldn't be footing the bill on uh, on public schools on public education. This should be something that fine. They can help to contribute towards it, but it needs to be shared equally among. Everyone. And, but the problem is that now you've just lost a bunch of money, right? We, we've just lowered the property taxes substantially, substantially. And so uh, the report recognizes this is not going to be an easy thing to do. Obviously, in order to do that, we'd have to uh, reform the schools, the budgets, um, their operation costs, their maintenance ex- exemption all these different things, the the it's it's more than just a simple okay. We just fix these things on property taxes and that's it. No, we're talking about a really a holistic uh, change to the tax code in South Carolina, um, and that's the part that I alluded to earlier. That's not going to be easy. Not going to be easy. It's not going to happen overnight. But it's a positive that we have people looking at this now. One thing that they add in here. Um, that um, I haven't digged into a whole lot, but I think I know why they did this. They also um, included that the 15% assessment cap, okay? So this is a rule that real estate, as the counties, reassess properties in the area, okay? So every so often, they will look at properties and uh, I, I believe they're probably looking at them annually and increasing the fair market value of these properties, and then that increases the tax bill. Um, well, currently there is a cap of fifteen percent. A property cannot increase in value fifteen percent um, in one year. is Is my understanding, unless there is what's called uh, an ATI, which is um, if I remember correctly, an accessible transfer of interest. The long story short, even though I, I may have gotten one of those words wrong or partially wrong, um, the long story short of that is when you sell a home, that 15% cap no longer applies to the buyer. So if, if a buyer buys a house, let's say there's a house in in um, you know, the west side of Greenville, that the last time it It was sold. It sold for $40,000. You know what? There are houses that are out there that that is the case for. Someone has owned it for 40, 45 years. They bought it for $40,000 back in the day. And now they're sitting on this property that, you know, is in need of repair, usually. Um, But, you know, it's like eight minutes away from downtown Greenville. It's in an area that is uh, really on the rise. And what happens is eventually that person most likely gets older decides to sell that property to someone else who has the money that uh, that they can rehab it so he or she they sell it for um, you know let let's say ninety thousand dollars to someone so so they end up you know despite it's in disrepair they end up still making a decent bit of money versus what they purchased it for um, but then that investor that buys it they then rehab it, and now they sell it for $350,000 because they made it really nice. They made it to match you know the rest of the, the street, whatever the case may be. The fair market value of that house has been hovering in the 40s and 50s probably for a really long time because it doesn't go up a whole lot when the last sale was 40, 45 years ago and it was for 40,000. But once it sells for 350, now the county can look at that, and the county can raise that price pretty much as high as they want. There's not a whole lot of checks and balances there. Usually, I see that they raise it to just below what that sales price was, but it's going to be raised. And I always recommend to my clients, there is a great calculator. If you Google um, Greenville County Property Tax Calculator, I believe that that is those are the exact words. If you Google that the county has an actual, uh, a great little tool where you can put in the, uh, the tax map number for the property, what whether it's a tax at 4%, 6%, whether it has a homestead exemption, which again, only for people 65 and older. Um, And then um, you can put in what you want the fair market value to be. If, if you don't put anything in there, if you just hit calculate, it'll tell you what the most recent tax bill was, but you can play around with, okay, well, what if the uh, accessible value, the fair market value goes up to 300,000? What's the tax bill gonna be now? I always recommend to people to uh, to use that tool and go ahead and assume that your fair market value is going to be your purchase price. That's really the safest way to, to do it to ensure that you don't end up with a massive tax liability that uh, that you weren't expecting. Now, um, Governor McMaster uh, commented on this study and and on some of the ideas about it, and he commented very favorably. And he has said that he wants to reform the tax code in South Carolina. It's the our property tax. There's a whole lot more to this, but our property taxes are really convoluted. There's not like there are multiple peoples that shape it. Um, I, I've talked about this before, but my property that I have out in Poe Mill, um, I get all sorts of line items on that. I mean, this, you know, Parker redevelopment fee. It's like six or seven hundred dollars. Like what what is that? Like I don't get that on my other tax bills. you know, all these crazy expenses for waste disposal um that is like outrageously high compared to what it should be like all these all sorts of different things you can tell that there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen with this property tax bill people getting their little pet projects in there and um and that's a problem that's a big problem but um i, I think the biggest problem is going to be figuring out okay so we already have a problem uh with our public education around here we already recognize that that Public education in South Carolina is not the best. It's one of the biggest complaints about the area, um, along with roads. People want um, our teachers to be paid more. They want more money invested in our schools. And so there is a, a real fine line here of like, okay, we recognize that the tax bill, the tax code when it comes to property taxes is not equitable. It's not fair. But at the same time, what happens if we take away from schools? What happens if we uh, if if we're not giving them as much money as possible? And I didn't finish my thought before, but but I'll tie it in here. The report recommended repealing that that 15% cap on being able to uh, to assess your fair market value during a year when the property didn't sell. So I think that that's part of their solutions. They're saying, hey, we've got a lot of a lot of homeowners that are living in properties that haven't really had much of a tax increase for a while because they've lived there forever, and they need to start paying more towards uh, into the system. We need to to remove that 15% cap, and that will help to alleviate some of these um, some of these issues that we have and make the system more fair. But that's not going to be enough. That's not going to be enough. They're going to have to completely completely restructure. Uh, the tax code in order to do this. And, um, and the South Carolina uh, governor and uh, people in his office indicated that this has been something that the governor has wanted to get to whether whether he's just saying that or whether he really means it, he's been wanting to get to it uh, for a while, but the General Assembly has has really been slowed down by COVID. And that's a shame. I feel like that's a little bit of a cop-out, perhaps. Um, but I, I do know that, obviously, uh, governments have had to be careful with COVID. We need to, at the end of the day, have this at least looked at. And so it's positive the governor is, is open to it, is interested in it. Uh, but there's a lot of work that will have to happen behind closed doors for this to get implemented. I don't see this happening anytime soon. But I think it's a very positive development. This would, for uh, for renters, this would be a great development. For landlords, this would be a fabulous development. I mean, you know, if if landlords saw their property taxes uh, go down, uh, you know, to a third of what they were before, that would be really incredible. That would allow a lot of landlords uh, that are currently, you know, they have renters and properties that are in disrepair hopefully in theory it would it would give those landlords more flexibility to be able to to do more repairs i bought some rental properties recently and we're having to do tons of repairs to them because the previous landlord just just didn't do anything just never ever did anything he wouldn't raise rents because he had you know kind of a handshake agreement with his tenants hey you'll get these bottom-of-the-barrel rents if I don't have to do any maintenance on the house. Um, But guess what? I inherited it. Um, Well, I didn't inherit it. I bought the properties. Um, And I I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that way of doing it. I think people need to live in livable housing. And obviously, their rent needs to justify that. But I think that uh, if we are able to get a more equitable system with property taxes that will help um, raise the game a lot in terms of renting. And maybe that allows some landlords possibly they're, they're like, you know what, I'm not going to increase rents for the next couple of years, because I'm, I'm making more money now. So I don't need to worry about that. Um, or maybe they have a tenant that's like, you know, I'm going to leave if you don't address this. Some this problem that hasn't been addressed in a while, and the landlord's like, you know what? I've got money now. I can address it. I'd rather keep you in here. So let's let's go ahead and address this. So there is a lot of, of positives, a lot of things that could come out of uh, of the local government of the state government taking this advice and actually moving forward with it. Um, but it's going to take an entire tax code rewrite. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I'm optimistic that that's going to happen, but I'm at least optimistic that they're having a discussion about it, that that this problem, which a lot of us that are investing in real estate see as a major problem, as a major issue that is uh, impacting local real estate, it's in their crosshairs. They see it. They're aware of it. They want to do something about it, and now it's just a matter of making it work, getting all the people to the table to rework the tax code in order to uh, ensure that property taxes are fair and um, are not skewed against renters and skewed against landlords and skewed against manufacturing uh, businesses. That's all for today. If you have any questions, let me know. My contact information is in the show notes. Subscribe if you haven't already subscribed to the show. Please rate and review the show. Love you guys. Hope you have a good rest of the week and stay safe out there.